What we see is that our users, a significant percent of your users, on the very first hypnotic session, see a significant improvement. Welcome to Tech Talks, the podcast brought to you by Nash Squared and hosted by myself, David Savage, that's been bringing you the latest thinking from technology leaders for over eight years. Welcome to today's show. Joining me is Akish, and I've got a question for you. Yes. What are you scared of? Mm, uh, <laughs> I was having this chat uh, literally 10 minutes ago. Um, yeah. Dogs. Those scary dogs, dogs yeah. Like, what counts as a scary dog? Like, like you know, the ones that they're trying to ban at the moment, like yeah. those big XL bullies or whatever they're called. Um, yeah, well, obviously that's been tragically in the news last couple yeah. of years. But, yeah, and then, but but also just just sort of big dogs in general. Big dogs. I have to admit, yeah. generally speaking, I'm okay with it's certain breeds. Like Great Danes are massive and they're fine. Yeah, they're no. really sweet natured. I I don't particularly like small dogs. I'll I'll still be scared of them if I'm honest. Just dogs yeah. in general. Yeah, yeah. Would you say so, you're scared of them or it's a phobia? I'd say it's a bit of both. It's it's a phobia and it's um lack of conditioning with dogs. I've never been brought up around dogs or you know, never been around them. Um my family never had any like growing yeah. up and that sort of thing. So I think it's it's a phobia slash being fear slash conditioning. Yeah. A lot of people are scared of spiders. This time of year is not a good time of year if you're scared of spiders. Oh, I'm, I'm okay with those. Yeah. They don't really affect me, yeah. Just... I, don't, I don't particularly like them, hmm. but I'm okay with them. Yeah, yeah. Um, I mean, don't get me wrong, I'm not doing any of those tasks where they get into a box and they get a load of spiders. But, like, Jeremy, I mean, no. if, if I see one crawling on a wall, it's not like I'm going to start shouting no. and panicking. So. My grandma had a serious phobia to the point that uh, she once returned to her house from holiday, found mm. a spider in the bath, mm. didn't know what to do and called the police. Really? I once, in fact, whilst we're on this story, I once went on a date with a girl who was who was very scared of stuffed like animals. Um, I think stuffed animals? Name, like, like, you know, like when... Um, you go into like a bar and stuff and they've got like a like like a bear or a fox but it's yep. like oh taxidermy uh, yes not yes. like a cuddly bear no 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 oh, i was no, gonna say that'd no, be quite no, strange no. yeah <laughs> but i but i didn't know because it's not one of those things you really talk about right yeah yeah and i didn't know this until we got there sat down and she was in direct like eye contact with this i think it was like a polar bear or something i don't okay. know what it was i, I, I can i can get and that she, I can honestly get the look scared. on her face was yeah. horrendous she was shaking I was like, oh my god, what have I done here? I was like, it was it was probably the worst date I've ever been on. Um, and then wow. she kind of came clean, and then yeah, had to had to leave for another bar. Um, yeah, um, yeah. So that was interesting. I'm not going to say a name or tag her because that'd be quite embarrassing. But um, that would be a bit unfair. Yeah, yeah. But no, okay, taxidermy. That's that's okay. By the way, side of the times when my grandma called the police, they did actually come and remove the spider. But she always had tins at the back of her cupboards that had been there for years because she wouldn't move them in case there were spiders back there. Wow. So the back of her cupboard was, yeah, tins from God knows when. Anyway, reason why I'm talking about this is because today's podcast uh, is with Reverie, which is a self-hypnosis app. And obviously hypnosis can be one way of treating phobias or trying to give up addictions like smoking. Um also can be very just generally have very good um, outcomes if you've got chronic pain. So 
That's why we're chatting away about phobias to begin with. Kind of tenuous link. We'll hand over to the interview and we'll be back afterwards. So I'm chatting to Ariel. Ariel, um, what's the best way of, of introducing you? Because you've you've had a number of different hats and roles, um, but I suppose the most appropriate one for our conversation today is as co-founder of Reverie Health, right? Yeah, definitely. Uh, my current focus is in helping grow Reverie Health as a, as a co-founder. Uh, but yeah, in the past, you know, I, w- I was a founder in the early days of the internet, started the first web analytics company in 94, one of the early email communities in the late 90s, and then transitioned to being more of a board member. So some of uh, the audience might be familiar with Strava, where I was founding board member, or StumbleUpon, where I was chairman. Actually, I was on the board of Audio, where we incubated Twitter. Uh, so I've done a lot of boards and angel investing, but my current focus is in working with Dr. David Spiegel to to grow Reverie Health. And do you want to just help us with the context and explain what Reverie is and what you and David are, are trying to build? Absolutely. Uh, I think the formation story, it's a great place to start, which is I met David um, at Stanford. That's where he's the associate chair of psychiatry at an event. I was focused on human augmentation. What are the things that we can do to basically improve um, our, our abilities? And he started talking to me about his work in hip- hypnosis. And quite candidly, when I first heard about it, I had the same stigma that a lot of people have. I'm like, yeah, hypnosis, that's the kind of stuff magicians do. But very quickly, David shared with me how he used hypnosis or he uses hypnosis at Stanford to help people with addiction, with anxiety, with insomnia, um, with chronic pain, all sorts of conditions. And he said, Ariel, you're a techie. Can you help me see if we can scale this by putting into an app? And I was skeptical, but we did a clinical trial. We started with quitting smoking and then we did one for chronic pain. And what blew us away was that we could take David, package him inside an app, if you will, and the results were very comparable and very good and similar to what he got in his office. Um, so what we did, then decided to do, okay, this is too good to not take to the next level. So what we're trying to do with Reverie is to make self-hypnosis accessible to the majority of the people um, so that they can, with a simple app, help them help their whatever condition they're trying to, to, to address, whether it's chronic pain, addiction, you know, we're doing alcohol, we're doing vaping, uh, focus, eating. Um, yeah, it's basically how do we take a great technique that's been underutilized, combine it with the latest technology and make it accessible to, to as many people as possible. So forgive the really stupid question perhaps but when we talk about <laughs> hip- hypnosis what what are we really yes. talking about because to Great me question. what you're describing yeah. could also be meditation could be mindfulness mm. I, there's a whole lot of different yes. kind of wellness practices yeah, yeah, yeah. techniques and it's worth just no no of- excellent it's an excellent question so uh, hypnosis sounds a little bit like meditation but it's completely different and one so meditation which is awesome, by the way. I love meditation. I meditate. It's about mindfulness, about clearing your mind. And it's very Eastern. And it's not purposeful. You don't go into a medita- meditative state with the purpose of addressing a specific issue. You go with it, it's almost the opposite, with the purpose of clearing your mind. And it's a, it's a practice that is very helpful. It often, for most people, takes weeks, if not months, to learn it. And it's a practice that you have to do ongoing, and, and for most people, it, it really takes years to, to perfect. 
Hypnosis is very different. What hypnosis does is the following. Once you enter a hypnotic state, and you can do that very quickly within minutes. Once you enter a hypnotic state, what happens is that your brain focuses on the message you're hearing. And that message basically can get to your subconscious directly. So it's sort of like, I guess, the analogy that David uses. It's like all of a sudden you're looking at the world or you're perceiving the world through a zoom lens. And everything else goes away. The distractions, the monkey mind, everything goes away. And then a message can get uh, implanted, is too strong of a term, but go into your mind uh, much more uh, strongly than otherwise. So, so I'll give you an example of, of how we, David, handles um, smoking. So you enter a meditation state. And, and by the way, different people have different levels of hypnotizability. A really interesting fact is that this is genetic. David and some collaborators at Stanford identified the combination of genes that determine your hypnotizability. That was fascinating. So about a third of the people are highly hypnotizable. A third are in the middle. A third are low. Everybody can benefit, but it, it, it's harder, obviously, for those who are low, in the lower level. So let's take the example of someone that's medium or high hypnotizable. Within a minute or two, you enter a hypnotic state, and let's suppose you're trying to quit smoking. So the exercise will say something like, would you give poison to a child? Would you put sugar in the tank of a car? Well, when you put nicotine in your body, you're treating your, it's the same as put as giving poison to a child because you need to take care of your body. So, and then the hypnotic state ends. Well, what we have found is that a significant, literally double digit percentage of, of users who hear this and are trying to quit smoking, then they say a cigarette. And they go like, well, no, I I don't want to pick that cigarette. Because deep in their brain, it got, uh, you know, uh, the message sunk and stuck that they need to treat their body with respect, with care, and that by smoking, they're doing something that is equivalent to poisoning a child. So, and the same thing can happen with dealing with stress, with how do you manage chronic pain and how do you learn to... Um, match the pain better or, 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 or what have you. So yeah, there's some similarities in that you're in your mind and so on, but some important differences. The, a typical hypnosis session that, that uh, David delivers is 10 minutes, 10, 12 minutes. And after that minute, we're finding somewhere between 60 and 80%, depends on the, on the case of, of the users, report a significant improvement. So it's boom, they feel better about their, what they're trying to address. Um, through this technique. It's a very Western purposeful technique. I go in and I deal with an issue. Um, and if it works, you know, you're, you're better after a few minutes. When you're building an app that does these things, what mm-hmm. are the considerations? Because let's be honest, this is, sounds like something that people really have to commit to. The vast majority of apps go, sit on someone's phone, you know, 80 85, 95% and never get opened after they've been downloaded the first time. What we see is that our users, a significant percent of your users, on the very first hypnotic session, see a significant improvement. All it takes is a single session. So as opposed to, I mean, we have, for example, we have a, a number of friends and actually one of our board members used to be head of product at Headspace. So we have a number of of people familiar with the, some of the top meditation apps. And we know that meditation has a challenge that you just described. To, to get benefit from meditation, it does take weeks. 
Right. So 90 plus percent of people <laughs> don't get there. But that's not the case with Reverie. What we find is that the majority of our users, a single 10-minute session, and they go like, oh, my God. Like we had a, a person who said, came in totally skeptical and said, that's some voodoo magic, but it sure worked. And we get a lot of that. I had someone just last week that an acquaintance I had, I was catching up with, and she mentioned she was having this chronic pain in her knee. And I said, well, I'm doing this thing. Why don't you try it? The next morning, I get a message from her saying, Ariel, I had not slept this well in years. Thank you, thank you, thank you. And our support emails are filled with those kind of uh, messages from people saying, I have, right, why okay. is, the last, is the last thing I tried if it's so straightforward? So what is true is that, you know, you, you use it, you benefit from it. And like you said, you might have it in your app. And then if you don't need it for a little while, the next time you're dealing with an issue, you might not even remember. So we do make an effort to stay front and center with our users so that when the issues come back, because whatever the issue might be, you know, you might help, we might help you with stress, but a new stressor might come down, down the road. Or we might help you quit alcohol or smoking, but that will probably help you for a few months. And after a few months, you might need it again. So we definitely need to make sure that we're there and available and, and, and that people remember that, that they can use it. And I suppose there might be some people who would be concerned about the idea of self-hypnosis, but having a doctor yes. as a co-founder no doubt helps on the credibility front and I suppose helps in terms of working with med other med medical professionals. David Dr. Spiegel is a national treasurer. David actually wrote the book that um, it, there's not a lot of hypnosis taught in medical school, but the little that it is is with the book that David, David wrote. So he's, I, I think I can comfortably say, the world's foremost expert on the clinical use of, of hypnosis, and that helps a lot. It definitely helps with the credibility and with the trust because, you know, as I explained earlier, a message sinks in very deeply. So if you go to some random person that is going to do hypnosis on you that you don't trust, hey, they could put a message there that might not be helpful for you. Um, there's another important point that, 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 that I should stress, which is one way of thinking about hypnosis is that entering the hypnotic state, all it does is that it, it opens up for a message to be delivered. So if you compare it to a medicine, the hypnotic state is maybe the capsule. If you're going to take a pill, the capsule that surrounds the medicine. The medicine is not the hypnotic state. The medicine is the message that then gets delivered once you're in the hypnotic state. Now, David has decades of refining those messages, and that is what's most special about Reverie, that we've taken all the knowledge of how do you give that message once you're in the hypnotic state so that it's most effective, most secure. Um, you know, very often we're talking with the team, and the team says, well, how about tweaking this? How about tweaking that? And David's like, yes, we can do this. We cannot do that. But, you know, always based on thousands of iterations. Um, with all that said, sure, there's still plenty of people who have stigma around hypnosis, who, who get concerned. And that's something we're, we're working hard because we want them to benefit from it. Out of interest, do you see this as a supplementary tool for people to use alongside existing treatment for potential addictions or is this something that you feel people can rely on wholesale and I suppose relieve some stress on the health system 
Um, I, I think the answer is that it depends. First, I, I will say we're not a medical device company, and we obviously no, no. do not but it's, it's, want it's, it's this to do of, anything. It's a form of treatment, I suppose. No, um, absolutely. So what we what we find is a few things. For some people, this addresses depends on the issue they have. But some people use hypnosis, and it just basically takes care of their problem. For other people, it's a great complement. I'll give you an example. Take chronic pain. You might be taking a medicine that helps a little bit, but not all the way. So the combination of the medicine with the hypnosis could be ideal. Somebody might be in a situation where just a hypnosis hypnosis is good enough, particularly because they don't want to be, be taking so many pills and the side effects and so on. And it's case by case. And, and, and also, for some people, it might not work. It's not, you know, like all things, you know, you need to find what works for, for each person. So there's... There's some people who said, yeah, I tried it. It didn't help me. We found that that's a minority of people. but And that's why you know the app has a free trial. And we're like, hey, try it out. See if it helps. If it helps you during the trial, awesome. If it doesn't, well, it took you 10, 15 minutes. Move on to something else. Um, we found some people try for one thing. It doesn't help them. But then it helps them for something else. So it's what I mean, I would say you could think of it as like whether it's um, well, meditation that you mentioned before, or eating healthy, which obviously for some people that's all it might take to address something, but for most people it's just one aspect, or doing exercise, or sleeping well, or having a good social life. This is just one of, of several things. The beauty that we see is that it's so immediate, so effective, so um, so specific, and for so many of the con- and some of the conditions that it helps with are so important for people things like people who want to quit something or who have too much stress or who cannot sleep well so it, for, for for a lot of people we'll honestly get some feedback from people who said that um you know it's like life-changing i just was desperate this is the first thing that really changed my life so yeah let me ask one final question then and this is less about hypnosis and, and reverie and more i suppose some general you know advice for for would-be entrepreneurs you've had a hugely successful career You've obviously seen a lot of success stories. Lots of very good ideas don't make it. What's mm-hmm. the one thing that people should watch out for that you think causes good ideas not to make it as businesses? <laughs> well, the first thing I'm going to say, but I just half jokingly, is you know getting lucky because if if one thing I'll say, yeah, so I've been here in Silicon Valley for almost thirty years, and 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 most of the stories you read seem to focus more on what the people did, but seem to downplay how lucky some of the successes were. But no, in, in all seriousness, uh, and some of this might be cliche, but the, the team is really important. So for the entrepreneur, surrounding themselves with amazing people, the pattern that I've seen, and I've been involved with over 100 startups, and yeah, some succeeded, some didn't. Uh, the strongest correlation is the quality of the team. Um, I think timing is super important and timing doesn't mean necessarily that you start at the right time, although that obviously helps, but more important that you have enough time. Startups are unpredictable and uh, I've seen plenty of failures because entrepreneurs say, okay, this is going to happen within this year and they plan too strongly. And then when things don't happen at this pace, they expect that they run out of time. So realizing that you need to have time which translates to keeping having runway financially and personally to just go with the flow and so on 
And then something else I would say is just incrementality, meaning I've seen too many entrepreneurs who have very, a very ambitious goal and try to go straight there. And, and that often fails. You need to take things one step at a time, make progress, and gradually build on it, you know, to use a baseball analogy, first you get to first base, then to second, then to third. If, if you want to make the home run with your bases loaded on day one, that's very high risk. So those are the things that, that, that come to mind. Obviously, you need to have a product that is compelling, that makes a difference, addressing something that is important, uh, that enough people care about. And you need to have some economics that makes sense. By the way, packaging hypnosis through an app from a business is fantastic because our costs of delivery are so low, yet the value that we deliver is so high. So once you have a lot of value compared to the cost that, that you incur, then usually you can make things work if enough people care about it. It's a fascinating area that you're working in, and I wish you the very best of luck because if it's helping people, then that's fantastic. And it's great to get some business insight from you, given your experience at the end. So thank you for spending a bit of time talking to me today. And given that it's the, the morning over on the West Coast, enjoy your day. Thank you very much. No, thank you for the opportunity. And, and yeah, I mean, that's absolutely our goal is to help as many people with reverie um, address their issues. It's, it's a very much of a, of a uh, legacy project also for David, who's been decades in, in working with this and who just wants to go from the thousands of people he sees at Stanford to hopefully helping millions. So thank you very much for the opportunity. Thank you. Ever tried hypnotism? No, never. No, I haven't, to be perfectly honest. Mm. Um, I quite like the idea of, 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 of a self-guided self-hypnosis app though i think i think that's quite cool and the fact that uh ariel talks about the fact that, that, that there are instant results for people feeling calmer about situations pretty cool mm. i think i think it'd be good I, I, I was trying to put myself in that situation i don't know i don't know if i'd have the patience for it like personally but i guess that's part of it right you have to sit down and use it and actually kind of um be invested in it but yeah I've yes never but done as, it. as he's as he says in the interview you they do give you pretty quick results within like 10 minutes it's not something that you have to because i made that kind of error in thinking that it would be something that you really would be really time intensive and yes you mm. do have to put some time aside but not as much as you might think mm. yeah i think um i think it's good it, it's worked for i know someone in fact that went through hypnotherapy for smoking and yeah yeah successfully so, yeah says says that they've never wanted to smoke since and that was Amazing. pretty instant so i think yeah i mean it's good maybe it could help my fear of dogs i don't know who knows who knows or, or I'm, um, I'm also a smoker so i mean you know we could yeah maybe that both. maybe yeah, that's yeah, yeah. a better thing to focus on <laughs> or both why not yeah. um whilst we're on this theme theme i can't speak today whilst we're on this theme we're also going to talk about nomophobia what is that have a guess no nomophobia uh is that f fear of saying no no it is no. fear of not having your mobile phone no, no mobile oh, phone no. oh got it okay that's that that's a weird one because i think before this i just said um my mobile phone's on my desk on charge it is it is i'm in a meeting room hands free yeah um, yeah yeah yeah, yeah. 
So basically, uh, there's there's uh, there's increasing kind of conversation about this. Um, although it's not recognised as a medical term, it's definitely a thing. As far back as 2008, a study commissioned by the post office indicated that 53% of mobile UK users, oh sorry, UK mobile users, became anxious when they misplaced their phone or lost connectivity. We're talking about addictions. Mobile mm. phones are addictive. 100%. 100%. And that, that anxious feeling... I can 100% vouch for it. Um, yeah. You know, that is, it's that like sinking feeling in your heart when you're like, oh, crap, where, where have yeah. I put it? Um, it's, it's like, you know, when your keys or wallet or something kind of goes missing or, you know, you open your wallet and suddenly one of your cards is not there and you kind of think, oh, crap, like what's happened here? Do you know what I mean? Yeah. It's... Uh, I think and it's if, someone's, if someone's being dismissive of it, there was a recent there was a study apparently, a recent study uh, by five Middle Eastern universities showing not only is it a global issue, mm. but uh, it, it's it's prevalent uh, mm. amongst large large parts of the population. The, the students in particular, uh, there were there were high levels of dependence, but it was causing trembling, disorientation, tachycard- tachycardia, and changes to your breathing. Tachycardia is your heart rhythm. So, wow. yeah, it's fairly serious. Yeah, I guess it goes hand in hand with. I don't know, an element of anxiety, an element of, you know, kind of uh, frustration maybe um, if you don't have it. It's, it's weird because we're so reliant on it, aren't we, for, for so yeah. many different things. And I think sometimes people can take it, oh, you know, if you've just got your mobile phone, you're going to be watching TikToks or social media, that sort of thing, which which I, I would say, yeah, it's, it's a part. But, you know, we, we're working on our phones. We're, I mean, you record interviews on your phone right and yep. and emails and things like that and, and 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 just today we've been talking about reverie and and having self-hypnosis yeah on your phone like there are so many useful apps that do a lot exactly. of positive on your phone yeah but it's getting the balance right and this yeah. is kind of why it's fun to talk about it because yeah like you, you can do that but at the same time you shouldn't be scrolling through instagram at one o'clock in the morning correct which is what i do sometimes well, so, I think we're all guilty of it. Yeah, exactly. Or watching, getting into a YouTube hole, and you know, before you know it, you're you're watching fifty ways to open a bottle top or something. But um, you know, yeah. Anyway, <laughs> researching restaurants that don't have taxidermy. Yeah. Well, not anymore. I'm not dating her, so uh, we're all good. <laughs> <laughs> well, look. Um, it's amazing to hear what mobile phones can do in today's interview with Ariel. Thank you for being our guest. Obviously, at the same time, try and uh, retain some modicum of balance. Um, Akish, no Instagramming at 1am, but yeah. we're all guilty of it, as I say. Uh, we'll be back on Thursday. We're going to be talking all about Ukraine. Oh.